you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Can you open to two places, please? Psalm 18 and Genesis 12. Genesis, not a hard book to find. First one. So in Genesis 12, this is from the the message series, Covenant Benefits. If you're taking notes, I applaud you. Take notes. It's always good to reflect back. What did he say? Because you're going to go home and be like, I kind of, I was digging it while I was there, but now it feels too good to be true. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You're like, what is that? Do you really mean that these benefits are for me, are for today, are for now? Yes, I did. And yes, Jesus does. So let's, let's look at Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3 first. If you don't have your Bibles, look up at the screen. But if you do, it's always a good practice to use them. So let's use them together. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. We know that as a promised land. I will make you a great nation. The Lord said to Abram, I will make you a great, not man, nation. You see it? He, he's already overshooting what, you know, what Abram would think possible. It's like, oh, give me a great reputation. Fantastic. He, he supersedes all that from right from the start. And he says, I want to make you a great nation. That's, this is the God that we love. <laughs> I will bless you and make your name great. So see how he doesn't make him wait very long to figure out you know, where do I fit in this. And you shall be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All right. We've been talking about this and how we'll call him Abraham. His name was changed later. Abraham got all these covenant promises, and they came to pass in his life. Hallelujah. And we're meant to see ourselves as recipients in this covenant. Hebrews 8, 6 says, but now Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator. That's like the go-between, the, the one who is looking out for the best interests of both sides, right? So we have to be reconciled to God. You may have heard that term, reconciled to God, right? We, we need somebody in the middle of us, wretched, <laughs> miserable, evil people, and, we need, and then God, holy and pure and light and, and everything perfect, right? We need somebody in the middle to bridge that gap because we can't jump it. By ourselves, we don't have it in us. None of us are sinless. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? So we have to have a mediator, someone to look out for me and someone to look out for God. And so Jesus has obtained this more excellent ministry in as much as he is mediator of a better, someone say better, covenant, which was established on better promises. Amen. I, I love promises. And I love even more better promises. Amen. What would better promises even be? Like fullness of the Spirit. You know, walking in the, being led by the Spirit, the Spirit of God all the time. That's a better, that's a better promise. Being born again, right? A new wineskin. We become new and the Holy Spirit can live inside us. You know, you can't, you can't put new wine in an old wineskin and also to bust it all up, right? That's what the Bible says, basically. All right. Thank you. My wife's willing to go with my, my new contemporary, non-printed translation <laughs> of that scripture. <laughs> so Eugene Peterson did. <laughs> All right. That was a message uh, translation joke for any of those uh, who don't, aren't familiar with the message translation. All right, here we go. Back to the Bible. Galatians 3.29. Galatians 3.29. Tough crowd today. Galatians 3.29, and if you are Christ's, who's Christ's in here today? Who belongs to Jesus Christ? Yes, okay. If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and because of that, you become heirs according to the promise. That is good news for you today. And if 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 you're thinking to yourself, I don't know. I don't know if I'm Christ's. Well, we're going to solve that at the end of service. I'm going to convince you. I'm going to build your faith by the Word of God and my stupid jokes. And we're going to get there together. You're going to believe that God is as good as He says He is in the Bible. And you're going to say, hey, I want to give my life to that God. Not the little G God, 
and all kinds of little g-gods, all kinds of things that we worship as humans. But there's one true, living, powerful, almighty God, and that's the one through Jesus that we're, we're going to. So uh, we're going to give you an opportunity as we pray at the end of service. So there you are. I'll tell you the end from the beginning. Bless you. In our house now, we've taken a saying, we don't think that there's any evil spirits coming out of you or anything. We're not like superstitious, but it's still a nice thing to say, isn't it? Hey, God bless you. God bless you, Branamir. <laughs> when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. Amen. Now, let me tell you, uh, better promises are great. The old promises are still good. They're still good. Let me tell you about the old promises in this old covenant. They're still good. Deuteronomy 28.1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. You take me high. Yes, amen. High above all the nations of the earth. And these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. It's like even if you were trying to outrun the blessings, you couldn't do it. The blessings of God are faster than you. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Let's run through these, shall we? Verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Who likes to live in a, in a big city? Anyone ever lived in a big city? You like it? You like the hustle and the bustle and the closeness of everything? Yeah. Yeah. Who, and then there's the rest of us, right? So like, there's those six people, and then all the rest of us, we kind of like country living, right? Hey, we're up here in the high desert where we can breathe, and the air is clean, and hallelujah, right? All right. So, you, but the Lord is saying here, under these old covenant promises are, you're going to be blessed no matter what. City, all the way to country, and all the way in between. Suburbs are in the middle of there somewhere, right? You're blessed there. Wherever you, this is because you are with me, you're blessed. Amen? So wherever you live, in the city and the country. Verse 4, blessed shall be the fruit of your body. And I'll just pause right there. That means what? the fruit of your body, kids. Your kids are going to be blessed. Is hallelujah and your grandkids, John. Yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. All right, yes. The fruit of your body, be fruitful and multiply. See, see, fruitful is having kids. Multiply is when your kids have kids. Amen. Amen. John, you are right with the program. Congratulations. Yeah, see? You anticipated the move of God. Amen. Verse 4 continues. The produce of your ground and the increase of your herds. Don't panic. The increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Maybe not many ranchers among us, although possibly some. Uh, I drove by Del Oro. Uh, turns into Deep Creek or something. And there's all kinds of horses and donkeys and things. I thought myself today, as I don't get, don't get distracted. You have to drive. Because I want to look. It's like, these aren't cars but they can get you from here to there. And then I saw after we, after, at, at the place where it connects with Main Street, I don't know what that other street is. It's a miracle I get anywhere. I saw someone riding a horse, and I thought, see, that's what I'm talking about. But whether we raise them or not, we can still appreciate this in, in, in our context, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. That means that your business, whatever your business is, will be blessed. If you were raising cattle and all this kind of stuff, you were shearing the sheep and selling the wool and you were milking whatever gets milked and selling the milk and, you know, you're cutting up the things and selling the meat and, you know, whatever, right? You're making money. This is your business and your business is going to thrive and prosper because of these promises. Old promises are still good. Amen? Amen. All right, let's get excited about this. Verse number five. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. So we don't necessarily do it. Anyone need a bunch of stuff in here when you're making stuff? Don, yeah, praise the Lord. Don brought some banana bread today. I don't know if you need that, but I'll tell you what I need is some banana bread. <laughs> Did you get it? Did you get it? All right, all right. These are the jokes, folks. So your basket and your kneading bowl, what does this mean? That, that all the tools that you use in your business, in your life, you'll, all your tools will be blessed. I say amen to that. If I have a car that I need to get to work with, 
I need that to be blessed. Because there, how many of you heard of this term, lemon? Like there are some cars that don't work right. You won't get a lemon at Toyota of Orange. Remember? <laughs> some of you are, are old enough to remember that jingle. I appreciate that. So your basket and your kneading bowl. I love how Pastor Ty said it. You will be able to afford to eat organic. This is the blessing of the Lord contextualized for us today. Blessed will be your basket and your kneading bowl. Amen. Amen. Because that organic stuff, they just take it up two, three, four times. The price of you know regular milk or regular eggs. We're doing it. Hope the, hope the kids appreciate all this sacrifice. But we're blessed of the Lord, so we got it. Uh, verse number six, blessed shall be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. You will be supernaturally protected. I've been taken to saying things, Lord, I release your angels. Maybe they've got nothing to do that day. Maybe some people aren't putting them to work. But you've got some angels to protect my children as they go to school. You know, and make them a light out, just all, all these kind of things. Give them supernatural protection. We have that under the old covenant, old promises. They're still good. Verse number seven. I love this, but you got to take it the right way. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. God will defeat your enemies while you watch. There's a couple times that he does things like this, right? I will prepare a table before, before you in the presence of your enemies. It's like they're going to know how good it is. Like they're going to see you and they're going to be steaming about it. But you know what? God does not care. He doesn't care how they feel about it. He cares about how you feel about it. I'm blessed. I thank you, Lord. If I'm, if I'm thinking I want meat to eat instead of all these carbs, manna and quail, come on. Huh? You got you to roll with it. Manna in the desert, right? Bread, angel's food, right? Angel food cake. All right. So manna in the desert. What is it? What is it? Manna. So if you, hey, I'm on this keto thing. I can't have all this manna. I need some quail, right? The Lord says, all right. He blows in the quail supernaturally, right? A day that way, a day that way, quail up to here, three feet high. That's a lot of quail. In the 36 hours or so, they were collecting all these quail, right? Because they wanted me to eat. God's people wanted me to eat, and he delivered. They should have said thank you. They didn't. Let us be those people who say thank you. We see God's goodness, and we say, thank you, Lord. I see what you're doing. I'm blessed, and it comes from you. The Rock Asperia is those people. Hallelujah. God will defeat your enemies while you watch. That's a good promise. Because sometimes we feel like, man, they're not even going to know. What a waste. No, they're going to know. God is wanting to make a name for himself, and he wants to do it through you. Somebody say amen to that. He wants to make a name for himself through you that your life looks so good to everybody, even people who want to take you out. Verse number eight. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. That means in your bank account. And, amen, someone's got a hand clap for the Lord. All right, in your bank account. And in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So all the projects that you do, if you go out and try to repair something, oh, it's going to go better for you than it would for the other guy, the, the non-covenant guy. That should be a sermon title, non-covenant guy. That would be sad. I would cry that cry all through that mess. Don't be that guy. Amen. And, and uh, he's going to bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The land that he promises you, just like he promised and delivered to Abraham, he's going to promise and deliver to you. What land has he brought you to? Hallelujah. He's brought you to this land. Amen. Uh, this land is your land. This land is my land. <laughs> all right. That's what the Lord says anyway. Um, <laughs> verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. There's a new book coming out called God Swears. Oh, I'm so excited about it. And we have like a whole new uh, resource center situation. I don't know what we're calling it, but it's amazing. And we're going to populate that thing with some God Swears books. It's going to change your life. 
Ooh, another thing, the Solid Lives magazine, issue number two, it's brand new, it's coming out. I got a sneak peek, and I will tell you, this is one to share with your friends who don't know about this covenant with God. Oh, Pastor Jerry breaks it down like a boss. It is concise. In four pages, you're crying. You're like, oh my God, you're so good. It is, it is so good. We, we printed it out because I got a little sneak peek. I printed it out, and I gave it to somebody already. Amen. We got to share this good stuff with people. All these blessings, like you just need to have Deuteronomy 28 on, you know, bookmarked in your phone or something. You know, it's like, check this out. Your car broke down. <laughs> Let's get these promises activated, you know. And I, I have seen cars start when they would, had not been starting. Amen. Wait, we pray. We seek the Lord. I, no, I need you right now. I need you here. I don't necessarily need to win the lotto, but I need this thing to run. I got to get to work. You know, but if you choose to allow me to win the lotto, okay. I am sorry to disappoint you. I did not win the lotto the other day. I played with. I play at the wrong times. I play when everybody else is playing. I'm. I know that you're shocked that I didn't win. Just to prove a point, see? Don't waste your money. No, all right. All right, all right. If you keep all the commandments of the Lord your God. See, this is the part that we can miss. If you keep all the commandments. Like, let's, let's be a part of this relationship with God. Let's just not expect all the benefits. That's what we call a one-sided relationship. If you're just like the guy that says, gimme, 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 you're the taker. Eee. No one wants to be like known as the taker. Why are we known as the givers? Right? If anything, if, it's, if it has to be one-sided, at least we could be the givers. That's a better testimony. That's a better heritage. That's a better reputation. All right. He'll establish you as a holy people just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. This is crucial. All peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Uh, afraid of you means just that we're not going to mess with these people. These are God's people. They're protected. They are provided for. They, they are fully resourced. We're not going to mess with these guys. If they run out of weapons, God is going to invent some weapons out of thin air and just give them to them, you know, like in the battle. You know, knocks a sword out of your hand, ting, and you just kind of come back with another sword. That's, that's the kind of supernatural stuff. God does this kind of stuff, and you, you have stories. I know that you do. It's like this was not, and then it was, right? Just like Enoch was, and then he was not. For God took him. God can, God can give you what you need in the, in the moment as well. Uh, there was some uh, gasoline situation. 350 miles, did you say you went? And you were like on fumes? Praise the Lord. He was praying, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he knew enough to pray, Lord, get me to where I need to go. Amen. And they shall be afraid of you, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. Say plenty of goods. In the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground. Look, he's repeating himself because he wants to convince you that, no, I, yeah, I said it. I really meant it. It's not too good to be true. You didn't mishear me. In the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you, the Lord will open to you his good treasure. This is verse 12. Say, good treasure. The heavens. To give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. I love that. Bless all the work of your hand. Anything you put your hand to will prosper. He's going to bless it. The Lord will do it. You shall lend to many nations. Remember the giver, not the taker. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And shall is a great word, and I want, I want you to hear it in this way that you may not have heard it or interpreted it this way before. But you shall. This is like the Lord saying, this is what's going to naturally happen. You're not going to have to strive or be like, or like be condemned or, or, or limited. You, it's not you can't borrow, but he says you shall not borrow, as in you will have no need to ever borrow. Amen? This is shall right here. This is the Lord pronouncing something on us, and we have to take these words seriously. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Verse 13 says, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Anyone ever see those uh, the costumes? Where there's like the horse, and there's the front end and the back end. I'd rather be the front end, right? Let's just get real practical. The head and not the tail. But it means you're going to be making the decisions. 
You're not going to just be following around, you know, the whims of, of what's going on, like shifting culture and this and that. No, we're going to be steadfast. We're going to be calling the shots. Um, I could go into this whole thing. It's voting season and everything. We, we do have to get active. We should vote. Christian, Christians should participate. Um, but politics is getting scary. Maybe it's always been scary, but it's, I don't know. It's just getting more scary to me. I, I, we need to pray for these people. Like them or don't like them, we need to love them, and we need to value their lives and say, Lord, protect these people even if I don't agree with them. I don't want any more people getting shot. I know we're not doing the shooting or anything, but I'm saying we should be doing the praying. So just as a sidebar to this in voting season, let's Christians get active at the voting booth and active in prayer all the time because it has, it has been appearing to go this way that people will you know, be in, in mortal danger. And so I've been, I've been praying against it. Join me in this. Who knows what has been averted because of my prayers, but how much more we could do together. Amen. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. This is in Deuteronomy 28. This is a long list of we, how much time have we spent talking about these old benefits, old blessings, old covenant stuff. This is amazing, isn't it? Imagine if you were just living this old stuff. That would already be fantastic and more than most people ever experience. Am I telling you the truth? Most people live so far below this standard. And this was the old one. Now we have a what? Better covenant based on what? Better promises. So this, is, this should be like the absolute minimum for us. Now let me ask you an interesting question and, and see if you can wrap your head around this. Um, when Jesus was walking around on the earth, mostly, what, what covenant were we in? The old covenant. When Jesus was born on the earth, we were still in the old covenant. He was born walking around doing all And Jesus accomplished a lot of amazing things, didn't he? Old covenant. He was accessing those through the old covenant. That's amazing. He's feeding thousands of people with only, you know, a little bit of a lunch. All you see, he's, he, he's healing people of all these sicknesses. This is Old Testament kind of stuff. Psalm 103 was written in the Old Testament. That what we've been going over and over and over. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Amen. In fact, let's just look at that. Psalm 103, the title is a Psalm of David. Now, it doesn't show on our screens, but I want, I want you to notice in your Bible, and we'll get, to that, we'll get to that later. This is an easy title, a Psalm of David. And verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. All that's within me. Everything. Like, don't, don't have this little bit of fear over here, or this little bit of doubt over here, or this little bit of resentment over here for not, you know, whatever. No, 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 no. I'm just going to bless the Lord. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Pardon me. This week I was thinking about this, and it hit me in a new way. And forget not all his benefits. Don't forget a single one of them. It's, it's kind of like that if, you, if you've transgressed one part of the law, you've broken the whole, you're guilty of the whole thing, right? So it's like don't forget one of them. If you're forgetting one of them, you're already living lower than the standard that I've set for you. My people are meant to be higher than this. Raised up, exalted, seen, you know, cities set on hills and whatnot. That's what we're supposed to be about. If we forget, if we start forgetting one, two, three more of these benefits, then all of a sudden we're just dropping lower and lower and lower. Forget not all of his benefits. That means we need to get into the word and internalize this for ourselves. And we put, we put this one on our wall at the house, I told you. Who heals all your diseases. Who forgives all your iniquities. Yes. Yes. You see, I mean, even those two... You can, you can just focus on the sin part, and a lot of people do this. A lot of Christians do this. They feel, oh, thank God you, you've forgiven me from all my sin. And how do we ever really experience that? You ever thought about that? So we have faith in God for this one. Oh, yeah, I'm going to heaven. You forgive my sin. Thank you, Jesus. And, and is it ever put to the test? No, not until you die and you get before the judgment seat. So it's easy for us to kind of believe this one and testify about this one. Oh, yeah, God must have done it. But then we get to healing, we get to be sick, or someone around us is sick, 
some believer, and as there's a Christian, it's like, well, what's this? Where's the faith? Where's the faith that believes God so much for heaven and salvation and the forgiveness of all your sins, right? But now when it's time for healing, what are we, what are we doing? Not much. But not here. Here we have seen so many healings. It's, it's beyond. It is beyond. And throughout the rock, countless testimonies. And we're hearing, all, we're hearing them constantly throughout all of our you know, 20 campuses or whatever. That's all over the place. And even here at home, we know people have been healed divinely here at home by the hand of God. And our responsibility is to stretch out our hands, lay our hands on the people, anoint with oil, call for the elders of the church, do the, do the word. Jesus says, whoever comes to me, hears my sayings, and does them. I'll show you who he's like. Man, building a house. Dug deep, laid a foundation on the rock. Become solid so that when the storms of life comes, a storm like cancer, a storm, a storm this disease, any disease, any infirmity, any sickness, right? We have authority over that. We should start taking it. Take it. Use the authority that God's given you and confront that in the name of Jesus because he's paid the price for it. Don't live below. You're the head, not the tail. You don't get wagged around by this sickness. You wag the sickness around. Wag it right out of your life. Amen. I can be, I can be excited all by myself. Me and Leah, we're going to go get our healings. Amen? <laughs> Amen. I am so glad I'm feeling better than I was. Ooh, that was not pleasant. But I prayed. Who knows how long that could have gone on? Oh, he raised me up. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And thank you for your prayers. Forget not all his benefits, who forgives your iniquities, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. Oh, that sounds like a good promise, doesn't it? Who redeems your life from destruction. The message today in, in the Covenant Benefits, Covenant Advantage series is called Escape Destruction. Escape Destruction. I mean, of course, he goes on with more, with more uh, promises, but let's just park here. You may be, you may be praying... You pray the prayer of salvation, you get saved, and okay, God forgives my sins, we think, we're believing for, it's never put to the test. And then, you know, but hopefully we, we move in, we transition to these things that we can put to the test. We can see when we tithe. Put me to the test. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that you won't be able to contain it all. We put them to the test. Lord, I need a healing for my brother, for my sister. I declare in the name of Jesus, you know, by his stripes, we are healed. Right? God, you sent your word and you healed them. Right? We start declaring the word of God over people who are sick, and all of a sudden they start getting better. They start recovering. As they're going along in faith, they recover. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Oh, the Lord is so good. But sometimes you feel like, oh, I, well, God's so busy. There's a lot of people praying, you know, and all these Christians in China and, you know, everywhere else and the, Christians in America, he's, if we think that God is too busy, we don't understand how the, <laughs> the nature of God. He's just everything, he, all capacity. He, he can do, he's not, he's not Bruce Almighty. You know, haven't you seen that movie where he said, I got to get a post-it note system to keep track of all these prayers, you know, like line the whole room, you know, he was covered in post-its. And then he said, no, 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 email, email. And he said to reply all, yes. He gave, so everybody won the lottery that day, and they got like 13 cents a piece. No, no, God is not, this is not Bruce Almighty, it's God Almighty. Yes. So don't think that your prayer is too small or insignificant, or it's, worth, it's not worth God's time. No, he wants to invest in that. In fact, it's, it almost seems more powerful to me when God engages in the little things. It's like, well, of course, he, you know, he'd care about the big stuff, but that he cares about the little stuff, I, see, that means something to me. Anyone ever, does, has God ever come through on a little thing for you, and you're like, oh, it's like you remembered. <laughs> you know, I like extra pineapple, you know, or whatever. I mean, you just, the Lord will do something, like, and, and you just know it's him. Oh, I love that. He can handle it. That's what I'm saying. God Almighty can handle your prayer. So pray. Pray, pray, pray. 
He redeems your life. Anyone, everyone ever go to the store and resent that they charge you more for soda because of the, the recycling and, and the redemption value? Like, i got to pay this up front. And so we're not really making money. We're just making money back when we recycle. You know, we go to the little place, um, right, by Target. <laughs> you know, you bring your cans in. It's like they start giving you nickels. All right. We've already paid that in advance. Now, here's what I want to tell you is that Jesus' death on the cross was paying your redemption in advance. He paid to buy you back in advance. Right? Salvations are us. Jesus went and paid the whole thing so you can have it. And now anyone who goes to Jesus now can receive salvation, receive the forgiveness of sin, can receive heaven and eternity and purpose and power and all the rest. Because he already bought it for us. Do you see what I'm saying? We, gotta, we have to say yes. I, thank God he paid that. We couldn't pay it. That, that price is too much. We can afford the nickel on the soda, but we cannot afford this. So he redeems your life. That's redemption. Remember in John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, The thief doesn't come, talking about Satan, he doesn't come except to steal to kill, and to what? Destroy. What are we escaping today? Destruction. To steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus doesn't want you destroyed. He doesn't want you living below or beneath. He wants abundant living. The thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to destroy you. Resist him, steadfast in the faith. Resist who? The devil. A lot of times, you know, the Lord says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are what? Destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We don't know what we're even facing. So sometimes we're not resisting because we don't want to resist God, right? Come on, anyone with me? I don't want to resist God. So we re, we're, we're like resistance averse. We don't want to resist anything because, well, maybe this is just the will of God for my life. He's, he's allowing these things to happen. You know, he's allowing me. He allowed me to get in that car accident so he, he could teach me a lesson about what? What? Oh, he just allowed me to get sick and to be bedridden so, he, so I wasn't, you know, getting prideful. or What? This is not life and more abundantly. This is not why Jesus stated himself, this is why I've come, to give you life and more abundantly. The thief, the enemy, the devil comes and does this other stuff. Why are you giving me credit for that? No, resist that. Right? Say, I will resist that. I will resist the devil because he tries. Doesn't he try to claw? He, he, walk, he walks around seeking whom he may devour. And if he can sink his teeth into you or his claws into you, have you seen those nature shows where the, where the lion tries to get the giraffe or whatever? Man, that, those giraffes are fast. And they will kick you. Anyway, don't mess with the giraffe is what I'm saying. But the lion tries to get on this drought, and if he can't get his teeth in there, he's certainly going to try to get his claws in there to keep a hold until a time that he can get his teeth into you, right? We don't leave the enemy even a foothold. We don't want him to get any claw in us. Amen. We resist. Resist. That sounds very political. <laughs> resist. You know, like posters, you know, or people spray painting walls and things. No, resist. The devil. Don't resist the Lord. The Lord wants to bless you. The devil wants to destroy you. If we, can we resist destruction, please? Amen. Let's do it. Uh, you know, it must be God's will. I hate, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. It just makes me so nauseous. No, this is not God's will for you. Don't live like this. We're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. God doesn't get everything he wants. Do you know that? God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance, 2 Peter 3.9 says. So if God doesn't want anyone to die, like the, the big death, die, die, moose, moose, 
die. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to be separated from him. He doesn't want us to go to hell. That wasn't prepared for us. So like, let's just grab onto the lifeline that gets us to heaven so we don't have to default to hell. And that's what it is. Our default position as sinful humanity is hell, unfortunately. We are born sinful. None of us can escape it. And then we dig our own graves, so to speak, by our actions and our rebellion. This is what we want to get into. We need to know who to resist, but we need to know how not to rebel against the Lord who's trying to, he's trying to bless you. He's trying to convince you how good he is. Rebellion is different than making a mistake. Someone say that. Rebellion is different than making a mistake. 1 Samuel 15, 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Pause. Anyone think God is like super into witchcraft? No, he's not. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness, oh, this is going to hit somebody where they live. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Guess how much God thinks of idolatry? Yeah, no, he hates that. What? You made that little thing out of wood, and now you're going to worship it? As if it delivered you from Egypt, right? When we're talking about this in discipleship. Yeah, it did not deliver you. You made that. I made you. And I made this circumstance that got you out of this 400 years of of oppression and slavery and bondage and all that, right? I did that. This little piece of this little tchotchke didn't do it. Right? That's right. Stubbornness, though, stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. We got we to gotta resist stubbornness. It's not rebel against the Lord. <laughs> Galatians 5.19 Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, and we are talking about those two just a minute ago with witchcraft, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice, say practice, such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is found in the New Testament. So God is serious about this rebellion thing. He wants you to stay away from it. Do not rebel. Do not rebel against God. Those who practice such things, what does that mean? It means that you are, no, I'm in this. I'm choosing this for me. This is how it's going to be. I'm going to stay in this mode of living. I'm going to stay using this. I'm going to stay in this relationship. I'm going to stay doing this thing in this activity. All these negative, sinful practices. No, I'm just going to stay there. I'm going to practice this. I'm, I'm going I'm to get better at it. Isn't that what practice does? Makes perfect? <laughs> Look, don't practice sin. If you make a mistake, if, if there's a temptation that, that got you, even again, you repent you turn around right to the Lord and say, I am so sorry, Lord, for that. I, here I am again. I'm calling on your mercy, your faithfulness to forgive me. You said, if I confess, you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. And to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I'm turning to you for that. He's faithful and just. Remember, he was merciful and gracious before. Now he's faithful and just because he said he would forgive you when you called him. Isn't that right? Thank God for the faithful God. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. So we don't practice immorality. We don't practice sin. Amen? You don't have to convince me, but convince me. Amen. We don't practice sin around here. We pursue the Lord. There's this thing called avoidance syndrome. If you're trying not to sin, you're going to fail. If you're trying to pursue God, you're going to succeed. You're going to win. Isn't that right? You hit what you aim at. And if you're thinking about, oh, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, right? Man, sin is half of that. And it's like the, you're just thinking about it constantly. Like, you know, riding a bike, don't hit the car, don't hit the car, don't hit the car. There you are, riding the car. Instead of go straight. <laughs> All right, here we go. And then, then you probably 
going to go straight. All right. Back into the scripture, Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. Those who find themselves in any sort of sin, whether it's long-term, habitual, practiced sin, rebellion, or whether it's you fell into it, you, you, you missed your temptation escape that God promised, you know, you, you didn't take the off-ramp he provided, right, and you fell into it again. Whatever it is, Hebrews 12 encourages us, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Okay, we're talking about correction and discipline, depending on the translation that you have. There's all these words for what the Lord is intending to do with us. He's trying to, he wants to just bring us back into alignment. He's saying, like, there's a little discipline that goes along with this. Don't, don't resent me for disciplining you. I discipline you because I love you. All right, don't run in the street. Don't run in the street. Don't run in the street. Listen to me. Do not run in the street. There's a difference. When they look at you, they understand exactly what you're saying. And they start running for the street. That's rebellion. And it says the sin of witchcraft and God hates it. Children of God, actual children, don't rebel. Don't rebel. And, and don't get mad at the Lord for telling you about it. He's like, no, I've got to bring this to you because I love you. I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to keep you safe to get you not dead. Because what, you know what's out there? Destruction. The cars will kill you. And you know, just like actual children, we, we sometimes think, Ah, I think I can make it. I think I can make it, right? As if there's no real danger. No, there is a real enemy. He walks around seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. A, a good way to resist him is to not be rebellious to the Lord and his leading. Remember, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let's be sons of God whom he loves and then disciplines corrects, chastens, scourges in some, you know, yeesh. There's levels. Isn't that right? Now God's never going to abuse us, but he's going to get our attention if we're, he, because he cannot bless us all the way to hell. His heart can't take it. He's not about that. So if the blessing, if the hand of blessing, you feel like it's removed, Lord, what's this about? Are you trying to get my attention? And you probably already know. You probably, just, you know, we lie to ourselves. We try to trick ourselves. Oh, what, 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 what? All of a sudden? No, no, not all of a sudden. I've been trying to tell you. Anyway, Proverbs thirteen twenty four: He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Amen. Proverbs 23, 13 to 14, uh, in the NIV says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. Remember, we're trying to escape destruction. So when there's a scripture like this, and we're children of God, our Heavenly Father, right? God and Father of us all. Okay, we need to see ourselves in, in that. And so, Lord, don't withhold discipline from me. Isn't that? That's a good prayer based on this scripture right here. Lord, I, I submit to you. I, I don't resist you. I submit to you. You tell me when I'm out of alignment. Get me back on track. Proverbs 22, 15, it says, A youngster's heart is filled with rebellion, but punishment will drive it out of him. Responding to the Lord's correction is evidence of a heart submitted to God, one who's able to be blessed by him. Do you want to be blessed by God? Yes, so do I. Romans 8, 13, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, again, these are the sons of God. Even that uncomfortable feel, feeling that you get when, when you're walking in disobedience, you know that you feel it. Even that is, is good news because you're not too far gone. You're still aware. He's still able to get your attention. You still feel uncomfortable with what you're doing, right? Now, when you're so far gone that you can't even hear it, you don't even want to hear it, that's, now you're in real jeopardy. That's, that's a real problem. All right, let's look at Psalm 18, 
And, and we're going to start here in a place that we don't normally start. I have my little marker here in my Bible because we don't have it on the screens. Um, Psalm 18. You know, there are, there are headings that translators and editors put in, but then there are also titles. Titles in the Psalms, uh, like this very long paragraph, these are inspired text. These are scriptures inspired by God meant to be written in the Bible. So um, even though they don't have a, a, a verse designation, this is the word of the Lord. It says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said. All right. That is all before verse 1. Do you see it in your Bibles? Inspired text. What is the Lord trying to communicate to us here? That David was in a bad situation. People were coming out trying to kill him, including the king. And, and he loved the king. He, he wasn't raising his hand against the king. He wasn't trying to, to usurp power or anything. He, was, he loved the king. My father, ah, I've, not, I've done nothing to wrong you. Why do you pursue me? I'm this dead dog. Like, I, I'm nothing to you. Why, you know? So David's heart, this is David's heart, and he was delivered from this king and all these people trying to, to hunt him down and kill him. And he, and he wrote this. Imagine him weary from, from battle, from, or either battle or running or fleeing, whatever. He's, he's got to be tired. But the Lord delivered him today. What does it say? Who spoke to the Lord the words of the song on the day that the Lord delivered him. So you can imagine him. He's weary. He's tired. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write the Lord a little thank you song. Right? And this is what he says. In verse 1, it says, I will love you. Oh, what a great way to start out a song. And if you get a greeting card, I love you. Oh, that's you, major points right there. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Do you see all these powerful words? All these delivering, protecting words? David is giving God credit and glory for this deliverance. Amen. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. So shall I be. I will call to the Lord. In that way I'll be saved from my enemies because I've called to the Lord. Do you see it? The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol, or hell, surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. Verse 6, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. So what happened when God heard his son cry for help? He heard him. He heard him. And then what happens? Look at, look at what happens when God hears you cry out for help. Then the earth shook and trembled. There was an earthquake, an actual earthquake. The foundation of the hills also quaked and were shaken because God was angry. I love hearing this. Like God is moved emotionally when we cry out to him. Smoke went up from his nostrils. I've never been that mad. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Listen to this. And <laughs> we read the Bible so fast we miss it. Coals were kindled by this devouring fire from his mouth. Actual coals on the actual earth. He was so hot. He was so angry that he was lighting up coals on the earth. That's got to make you do a double take. What is going on here? There's an earthquake. There's cold... The barbecue's going, no one even turned it on, you know? Like, dinner's not for another three hours. Like, something is happening. And, so, okay, so, uh, cold or kindled by it. He bowed the heavens. I love this. The Hebrew word for bowed the heavens. Uh, all these, these active words, like to stretch out or to expand, to, to pitch or to turn or to incline or bend or bow. God moved heaven to come and help David. That's what he's saying here. Bowed heaven. He moved, you know, say, I'll move heaven and earth. That God was moving heaven and earth. Shook the earth, bowed heaven, right? Maybe that's where it comes from. God moved heaven and earth to come help his son. 
Somebody say amen. Why? Because we're sons and daughters of God. He'll do the same thing. He'll get just as upset. I will bless him who blesses you and curse him who curses you. Isn't that right? He came down with darkness under his feet and he rode on, on a cherub and flew. Oh, God, it was lickety split on the case. He flew to his rescue. He flew upon the wings of the wind. Verse 16 says, He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. Here David say, they were too strong for me. He knew he wasn't going to be able to win this battle by himself. He cried out to the Lord for deliverance. God came, rode on an angel, on a little cherub. He, what, I, don't know how, I don't know what the cherubs are like, but he rode, he flew to David's rescue, and there he was. Verse 18, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place where there's space. Some, see, you see, I can, I can stretch it out a little bit now. I'm not so, oh, you better hide. Duck, duck ahead, right? He delivered me because he delighted in me. Anyone from OSL Level 1 here to see this word? He delighted in me. Amen. Verse 32, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. God has brought us so, so often out of dis, uh, destruction, out of potential devastation, and he wants to continue doing it. But what's our, what's our responsibility is to cry out to the Lord for help. Recognize him when he helps you. It's really not that hard. It is really not that hard. But we end up getting in, in a thought loop. We think too much about what's going on. Oh, I got this problem. Let me think about it. Let me dwell on it. Let me get anxious about it. Let me stress about it a little bit. As if that's going to do anything. Who of you by worrying can add an inch to your stature? N no one. Short people. Am I talking to you? <laughs> Thank you, Ed. I love you. <laughs> Stand up, Ed. <laughs> ah, we set him up for that. I am standing, he said. Ah, you're welcome. All right, so let me, let me tell you three things before we go. Our friend in Corona, we just heard this. The Lord is bringing a bunch of testimonies in this week for this message, so you'll hear it, and your faith can continue to be built by the word and by the testimony. Amen. Our, so our friend in Corona was in a huge financial bind, and she was called out to the Lord, prayed for help, and he answered, and he delivered her. She needed a certain amount of money each month, to, you know, to pay her expenses, her house payment and her expenses. She needs four students. I don't, know, I don't know how her teaching thing works, but four students to make what she needed. And she, through some circumstance, was down to one student. And now, in October, we're past the time of enrollments and things like that, so it's, it doesn't look good, right? In the natural, it doesn't look good, but who did she cry out to help from? God. So what he do, he brings her a student, one student, and they say, and, and they, they buy a house on her street with her exact floor plan and say, move into this house rent-free. Okay, so all her furniture and everything can just go straight over. Same places and everything, right? You can live here rent-free. Praise the Lord. That's already magnificent. And then, on top of that, there's a $50,000 deposit made in her bank account to cover expenses. And then a day or two later, there's another deposit in the account to the tune of $50,000. She's calling the bank now because she's just wanting red flags on her account. Like, wait a second, you don't make this many $50,000 in this many. You know what I'm saying? Twice, well, we want to make sure that you know, you're covered and you, you have everything you need. Because, you know, my daughter, right? The, the student that she's teaching. What? The Lord doesn't care about enrollment dates. He will find the enrollment that you need. He will, he will situate you in the situation you need to be situated in. Amen? Praise the Lord. God delivers those who cry out to him for help. Another friend, a little closer to home, texted me this week. In fact, we have some pictures. I want to put that first one up. He wanted me to join him in prayer. And so if you can see that, it, Monday at 4.45 p.m., all right, Take, just drink this in. Good evening, Jeff. Can you give me a call so soon? I was just scammed $2,200. 
I need prayer. <laughs> yes, you do. And I'm on it. So I get the phone. Uh, you know, I'm in hand, and I call right away, and we pray. And I'm praying things. I'm just, it's like I believe that God is, is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him or something. That's scripture, by the way. I, I'm believing and I'm talking this way and I'm saying the Lord is going to deliver you and I'm calling out all these things, all these blessings. Oh man, if I was in my right mind, I might have paused a little bit because that's, now you're like, whoo. But that's just, this is faith talking. And this is, the, this is also experience talking that God is so good. He's a faithful God. He won't let you down. Let's see what happens. I bet you can guess. Monday, 7.06 p.m. I received all my money back with a little fat stacks emoji. Thank you, pray hands. Amen. Amen. In the high desert where we live, the Lord is working, delivering people to the tune of $2,200. Next one. I said, and he said, sweet dreams, pray hands. I said, oh, yes, sweet dreams. My heart was sick for you, but I trust, we trust in God. And he came through, hallelujah. This is how the text thing looks on my phone right now. Praise the Lord. Yeah, can we appreciate what God's doing among us? Amen. And you have the ability to do this. Someone's going to text you and say, I'm in a bad way. Say, hey, let's pray. Let's pray right now. Get them on the phone. Start praying, right? If you have to, you know, write it out on Facebook. I don't care. I've done all this kind of stuff. I'm, I am declaring the words and the heart of the Lord, and we see him deliver and deliver and deliver those who cry out to him for help. Those who feel like they want to escape destruction. Yes? Last one. Nope. Two more. There's actually four. God knows what to do about sicknesses, and I want to tell you this. <laughs> Here we go. There, okay, so there's a, a missionary family, and we couldn't put up the picture necessarily just because of sensitivities. Um, one is the name of this young man. It's, it's pronounced one, anyway. We met one after church on Sunday in Thailand. He's been in this hospital bed for five years. No one can figure out why, but he's been completely paralyzed. He couldn't even speak. He became a Christian two years ago, and his voice returned. Praise the Lord. But it was still a struggle to speak. He's never been able to attend a church service or be baptized. So today we brought church to him and baptized him. We spent time, oh, I know, praise the Lord. We spent time in worship and brought the word. We prayed together and the pastor baptized him. We prayed again, this time crying out for his healing. One said that he could feel his entire body being massaged. He asked if it was one of us, but it wasn't. His toes began to move and his voice became strong and clear. Blood flow returned to his extremities. God is so, so good. Amen. <laughs> I know. Bless the Lord. I know. God is so good. He, he heals those who cry out to him for help. Okay, about five years ago, this is me. I listened to it. I was, I was right there. I was listening. I normally sit kind of to the left, but I was in the middle. I don't know, I don't know why. That night. But it was Wednesday night service. They were having Wednesday night service. And Pastor Caleb was preaching along, my sending pastor. And um, I said sending, not sinning for the podcast. Oh, my gosh, that was bad. Cut that out when we <laughs> uploaded. My sending pastor, uh, he was preaching along on something kind of, kind of unrelated, you know. Or not, I, was, I was praying about something unrelated to his message. Yeah, I was just saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Speak to me. What do you want me to do, right? And so I... I it wasn't exactly in the mode, but the Lord was trying to get my attention, and I was trying to respond. So I was earnest, right? And I said, what do you want me to do? Tell me. You just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. He says, why would I tell you? You haven't done what I told you already. Now, I, I may have put a little bit extra on that. You know how we do in our, in our flesh, right? But the message came through. I've given you an instruction, and it still stands. Do not expect anything else to come until you've done that. Yes, sir. And so I was on it. And it was a big project, so it took me several months to do. But in that year, I accomplished the project, and, and then I, was, I was freed up to pray again. Okay, Lord, now what do you want me to do? Right? And, and from that time, that was about five years ago, uh, I have been, 
I have been in a place where we have been seeking the Lord, asking Him what He wants us to do, right? Being willing to do it. And what does He do? Isn't this just like God? He trusts us with something so special, so precious to Him, His children in Hesperia, to come and pastor them. Why? Because there's these little steps of obedience every way, right? You seek the Lord, and now the best ministry of my life I get to enjoy all of you <laughs> precious, amazing, wonderful servants, lovers of God, lovers of people. This is my new life? What? Oh, we love you. Is God so good? God is so good. He's no respecter of persons, the Bible says. So he's not going to do it for me and not do it for you. I mean, he may not give you my job, but I'm just saying, he's going to do the thing that he's intended to do in your life. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand together and commit to the Lord? We have heard some things today that have blown our minds. As the praise team comes and ministers to us, as the prayer team comes and lines up in the front, as the lights are dimmed, I want to create some space right now. We won't take very long to do it, but let's respond. Some of you may be on the precipice of destruction today, and that is not God's heart for you. Somebody say amen to that. So right now, as the instruments play, we are going to receive freedom and deliverance and all of it. Can, can you just start crying out to the Lord, even quietly? You don't have to embarrass yourself. The Lord doesn't want you to be embarrassed. But just say, Lord, I am so thankful that you have brought this message today. Thank you for speaking through your word. Thank you for making these good and precious promises that lack nothing, no good thing. Have you lacked and you've told us about it? No one was twisting your arm to be so good to us. You just decided to be good to us. And so we receive, we don't resist you today. We submit to you today. And we ask for all your blessings to come upon us, to overtake us. And in fact, right now, would you even move from your seat? If you want prayer agreement, come up to our team. Let them pray with you. If you are not a part of the family of God yet and you want to be, you want to start taking part and, and being advantaged like the rest of us, and we want to start living this life together, we want you to be a part of that. God wants you to be a part of that. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that all of your sins can be forgiven. You can be washed clean and pure and be perfect in His sight because He looks at you through the blood of Jesus. Today is your day that you join the family of God and are eligible. You become heirs of the promise able to receive all of these benefits. Lord, we come to you with these hearts, ready to receive, so thankful that you make them available to us. We don't deserve them in and of ourselves, but you qualify us and you call us to be partakers of these heavenly gifts. Lord, continue to bless us, to, to wash over us all the favor that you have, that you've planned, you've, you have marked out in, on your calendar time to bless us. And you mark it out when we call on you for help. Thank you, Lord, for seeing us, for knowing us intimately. That You know our weaknesses. You know what we need, when we're going to need it. You see it coming. Lord, you are prompting us to even cry out to you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who, who lives inside of us as born-again children of God. You are a good Father. You know how to give good gifts to your children. We're not going to ask you for bread and you're going to give us a stone. <laughs> Have, earthly fathers don't do that, and you're much better than us. So if you're better than we are, you give such great gifts. We receive those gifts from your hand, from your heart today. We don't, we're not those who draw back. And Lord, we are, are, um, are a, how we are known <laughs> is not going to be as those who limit the Holy One of Israel, but we release the Holy One of Israel, our reputation, there's the word, our reputation will be such as those who trust you. We trust you in all things. You are trustworthy because you are faithful to your word. You accomplish what you've set yourself to. When we say yes in agreement, we, we declare your word over circumstances in our lives or we intercede for the needs of others. Lord, we are your people called to live as light we don't hide this light under a basket, but we open it up for everyone to see. For everyone to see how you're blessing us and that it's different than the rest of the world.
Everybody else may get laid off, but not me, because the Lord is blessing me. Nobody else may get a promotion but me, because He's looking out to bless me. We're crying out to You, Lord, for these financial situations. We're crying out for if there's people out of work that need a job. Lord, give them a job. Give them the right job. Bring them to the right employment and to the right employer and to the right location and to the right shifts that they can honor you in everything they do. They can be a part of the the family at church here. Amen. Relationships that are strained, I pray that you would bring reconciliation and restoration that you would bring forgiveness and healing, that you, if there are apologies forthcoming, let them come. Let us, have, let us have forgiveness at the ready so that we can just be immediately restored together, brought back into right relationship with each other. Let us, you're calling us to unity and to oneness. We want to walk in that. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Lord, let us... Let us deeply receive that call to dwell together in unity. We know that we can do anything we put our minds to in you when we're united. Thank you, Lord, for birthing dreams in us today. Lord, for ministries, pray that people who are looking for the right ministry would look to you and submit to you and find you because they're earnestly seeking you with all their hearts and are able to be led, willing to be led by You. Lord, You can shift anything You'd like to shift. We're prepared to be flexible, even fluid. Not be rigid as You're calling us to these things. But Lord, we declare that there is blessing enough. Come on, church, say, I declare that there is blessing enough from the hand of God from the heart of God, for me, for my entire family, for our entire church, for anyone who needs it and is looking to me to provide it by the power of God. Declare, I will release it in the name of Jesus because that's where the power is. By His Holy Spirit, we receive these things with gratitude in our hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands in agreement and receptivity? Yes, Lord, we love you today. We thank you for what you're doing. You are working among us, and things are starting to work. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you. Our God reigns. We sing hallelujah, our God reigns forever days hallelujah yes lord forever all our days we say hallelujah we praise you we say i will love you in jesus name all right church now is your time to not forget all the benefits as you walk out of here and you go into lunch and maybe osl or wherever you're going today don't forget all the benefits escape destruction because you have that escape ready, prepared for you. Amen, amen. And so we'll see you next Sunday, 8.45 a.m. for the encounter service, 10 a.m. for the worship service. And just before you go, I want to remind you that the baptism service is coming up on November 11th. If you haven't been baptized, this is your time. Let's celebrate together, and we will see you next week. God bless you.